Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. It's Miguel Fuller. Holly O'Connor. And Scotty the Body. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only on Hot 101.5. Hello. We are back from vacation, and not only are we back from vacation with a cool new intro, uh, we also are back on video. Man, times, they are finally catching up. Yes, uh, so you can now see Miguel and Holly Uncensored now posted back on the YouTubes. Miguel and Holly on YouTube. Holly, are you plugged in audio-wise? Yes, yes. just want to make sure we're good before I start talking about it during the podcast. I'm plugged in. You want All me to right, unplug and plug back All in? Right. No, 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 no. You're oh. good. I just checked it. You're good. Okay. Don't, don't, because Lord knows something would happen with I our know. technology here. God, I know. Um, but yeah, so we are back. Thank you so much. Uh, we had a fun week of vacation. We did. Now, the way we did it, we've never done it before, where it was sort of like a split week where we were on vacation last Friday and then we came back to work this past Thursday. Yeah. I feel like Wednesday night, I was like, oh, we should have just did the whole week. We yeah. should have just. I don't I know if I like this thing. or not. Like, in one way, it's good because yeah. we had a short week, yeah. then vacation Both started, weeks, yeah. and then it's another short week, and then it's another weekend. So, in that way, it's good. But then it, it was also, it threw me off yesterday a lot that it was Thursday and we oh, were yeah. like, get back. And right. I was like, oh, it's Monday. No, it just, with a lot of the things we have to do for different days of the week, it mm-hmm. really, I don't know if I liked it. It was. Well, it was that Holly was the first time, and you, in the history of Holly O'Connor being on this planet, what Holly O'Connor has <laughs> never done anything once and said, I really like that. That's not true. I'm sure I've done things that I could think of. <laughs> I just can't think of them right now. Oh, but gotcha. my person did say while we were walking around Disney, he was like, I think that it's great because you get more time like it, everything is broken up longer and i think it's cool that you did that i'm like yeah i could definitely see that i just don't know <laughs> like, yeah it's great i love it i just don't know i like that it eased into like this week i like that we jumped into work yesterday and today we're like Try oh it. we're wrapping it up yeah. all right it's kind of like, like a little warm-up for next week a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't mind that i say I, I liked it something to experiment with well i know that for I think next summer, because I usually go on a summer cruise with my college friends, yeah. yeah, and we haven't done it last year, obviously because of the pandemic, and this year, like, I don't, they, even, I, mean, I don't even understand what cruises are doing right now. I I keep hearing different things. I don't even know. So I want a book, right? And then like we just couldn't because of the wedding and paying for that, and we're like, we're yeah. And so some friends of ours are like, hey, well, as a little wedding present, we'll take you all with us that for a vacation that already basically paid for yeah um you just gotta like pay for your flights and we're like cool let's go Heck yeah so we went and because of like how it there they had theirs booked because they're normal people that can just take off from work anytime and it's fine i'm sorry i don't think that's normal i think normal people do it a week at a time mm, i mean depending upon what you do i mean one of them she's a doctor so well, I was just going to say, unless you're a doctor. Right. Because so, they have weird schedules. But then they can just, I mean, but most normal people don't have the, like, no one has ever said to us, you can't take a split week vacation. We're just always like, well, we like to take vacation when we know it's going to be the least harmful for yeah. ratings and yeah. for you listening with your uh, routine, because we know that we are a part of your routine if you listen to the live show in the morning. And so we try not to disrupt that with our time off. 
Um, but so when they booked the trip, they're like, well, this is when it's booked. And I'm like, well, we can't do that. No, you did. And Abe was like, we can't. Really? Really? Why? Exactly. Who who said no? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know. Somebody said it somewhere. At some uh, point. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, we are looking at cruises for next summer. Eee. And we've always done like the Caribbean. Yeah. And we're looking at a possible European. Oh. And so that would take time because yeah. Abe's like, I'm not flying on a flight for 15 hours to then like come right back. Oh yeah, no, you need a couple weeks. Like those, yeah, we went I'm when I did. Sorry, a- are you doing a honeymoon? Uh, we I don't know. We haven't decided because yet. if you don't do that for your honeymoon, I was gonna say you're gonna take like a two week honeymoon and then you're gonna go two more well, weeks on a cruise and then we're gonna take two weeks at Christmas. By who says we can? That's what I'm saying. I say do it. I'm, I'm all not on board mad for doing at that. that. I just didn't know if we could. Absolutely yes. can. Um, Always we, strive. We have a actually I don't know when our company merged over. I don't know if it's still the same, but we had the unlimited um or they had a, a phrase for it's it. Like, it. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like non uh like PTO whenever you want it. Right. Take as much as you need or as little as you want. Um but yeah, I don't know. But I just feel like still live in fear they're judging you. I feel like they're like, but how much are you gonna take though? Yeah, but uh I think And I don't like uh, that, but I, I do feel that way. Yeah, that's just kind of how the society is built now. I mean, when I, I did talk to, and this is why I give our boss man Will all the credit, and I'm yeah. not sucking up, but this is just what he said, mm-hmm. is we were chatting um maybe a couple months ago about like the fall and like what that looks like. And I'm like, well, I normally take this Monday off for Atlanta Pride because I know I'm going there and then we're taking the week of Thanksgiving off because that's our, like, bachelor party. But that's now become, like, an annual thing we do for Abe's uh, charity bike ride yeah. that we do. And I'm like, I feel kind of bad because if we do a honeymoon, we'll just have been off for two weeks for Christmas. Well, you and- still, that, but that's different. I know, but it's like, because our wedding is in January. So, like, literally, it would be like, all right, we take two weeks off. We're on for two weeks. And then we do the wedding. And then if we do do a, a honeymoon... And then we're off again. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel, <laughs> Will uh-huh. was like, stop talking. Yes, thank you. Shout stop. out to Will. This That's is awesome. a once in a lifetime thing yeah. that would ever happen to you, hopefully. So, take your fucking honeymoon. Yeah, there no. You go. And I will tell you, the honeymoon is the best vacation you will ever take. Really? Oh, yeah. 100%. I have, And I mean, I don't want to like diminish any vacations that I've been on with other partners or my current partner. And I don't know, he may say this. I don't actually know anything about him and his ex-wife and whether they went on a honeymoon or not. Like, did they? I don't know. I should ask about that. Um, but my ex-husband and I went to um, this all-inclusive resort in Mexico. Hell yeah. Which I found a travel agent for. I was, like, excited about it. And it was a pretty long honeymoon. It was, like, I think the honeymoon was seven days, but it ended up going over Labor Day weekend. So it was, like, a little mm, extra time. Yeah. It was the most... I was able to fully relax because mm. wedding planning is so stressful. Right. Well. It is so, uh, I, I almost never want to get married again just because I don't want to plan a wedding again. Mm-hmm. That's how stressful it was. And then when it, it was like a seven day honeymoon and on day three, we rode um, ATVs out in some like area in Mexico that was like a jungle. And I remember <laughs> being like, have we met? I'm not doing this. That should have been indicative that we're not quite the same people. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, we're going to do it. And I was like, okay, whatever. I could just ride on yours. He's like, nope. So I got my own. And honestly, I thank him for that because 
it finally gave me a moment of complete letting go. Mm. And I felt it happen in my body on this ATV. And I'm going and I finally I was like going faster and faster. And I'm like, this feels fucking good. Mm, and I yeah. went and it's like something unlocked and everything, all the stress and the crazy and all of it from planning that wedding fell away. Mm. And for the rest of that vacation, I was like, oh, wow. I've never felt this relaxed in my life. Wow. wow. Yeah. I need to get married. <laughs> for, the like, for the honeymoon. <laughs> it was phenomenal. And mm. I do remember uh, Kramer, who you know we used to work with, um, I remember when he got married and went on his honeymoon and came back, he said the same thing. Mm. And so I am just, that's why I'm like, take it. Oh, yeah. Really? Okay, so we should do it right afterwards. I think there's a reason why people have traditionally done it afterwards. Mm. Because there's so much stress and what else? Anxiety. Anxiety, adrenaline, whatnot that happens leading up to and then even the day of the wedding that when you go on vacation and once you get past your passport and you're this and that and the luggage and blah, 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 and then you finally get in that hotel room and it might take you a while. Like I said, it took me three days to finally hit that key and unlock. But like, there's nothing like that. Wow. Okay. I like that because I I was kind of up in the air about it still. I'd do it. And, but I mean, obviously if you cannot, then do some other thing. Mm -hmm. But do it because right. I feel like sometimes I almost feel like the people that are like, we're going to do it some other time. They don't they never get around do it. to it. Yeah. Oh, it just continues true. to get pushed and pushed and pushed. And then next thing you know, 10 years down the line. Well, yeah, we never went we on still it. still haven't gone. We're yeah. playing it on it. So but if you don't do it immediately following better the wedding. have it on the books. You Exactly. Scott's mm. right. Put it on the books. This is our honeymoon. This is not just a vacation. This is our honeymoon. It's scheduled for this time and this time. But also, yeah, I guess, why would you not be able to, Miguel? What, just because of workers or, like, anything else? Like that's financially? Like- well, be- fi- before it was financially with, like, paying for the wedding ourselves. Like, obviously, we, we got a very nice gift from Abe's parents. But we just sold Chateau Oprah. Um, and so we have some other projects that are in the works right now that I'm, like, holding off on buying anything big until some other projects are sort of put to bed. And so I'm waiting for that until we know. But I feel like this would be an investment because, of course, I like anytime anything I get into an area that I don't know about, I do research on. And so after we sold Chateau Oprah, my townhouse, and we got like a big chunk of money, more money than I've seen or anyone in my family seen, I was like, let me Google what do millennials do when they sell their house in the hot market right now. And it was really cool. There was an article I found. I think it was from like money.com or mm. uh, something like that or Penny Hoarder, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which said there are three things you could do. Uh, one, invest. Uh, put it into your 401k or to an IRA or something separately. Anything that can make your money grow and work for you if yeah. you've sold your house in this uh, hot market. The second thing was do something fun. Mm. Do something fun that you've never been able to do because when you think about, especially if you're in that like 30 to 40 range right now, Holly, you and I have been through this. When we graduated from college, the 08 recession. And then for us, there was when we moved, we were in Panama City, there was the oil spill. Oh my God, the oil spill. hurt us, you know. And then we've now reached COVID and so we've had these like step backs where we all should be making way more than we should for our generation. And so we've had these step backs and they're like, if you were fortunate enough to buy a house before all this happened with the pandemic and you sold it, 
do something fun for yourself. Enjoy life for a second. Um, and then the other one was to put it down on a bigger house or yeah. another house or something huh. else if you want. That would have been my go-to, but right. I would love if I if we ever sold the house. I I, I ever sold the house. I would love to do something fun with it. At yeah, least part, not all of it, obviously. Right, right. You put aside some of it. Yeah, that would be so fun. And so I think what we're going to do is um, Abe never listens to the podcast, but um, finally after the wedding, I want to say. Here's X amount of dollars. Go buy a motorcycle. Yeah. Because that has been his, like, one thing that he has just wanted, which is why I almost feel like any present leading up to it is sort of, I'm always like, sorry. It's, it's not, not a motorcycle. motorcycle. Because I know, like, that's, out of everything in the world, he wants a motorcycle. And so after uh, the wedding and once everything's squared away financially, I can be like, go get it. Yeah. Um, and then I bought yeah. uh, tickets to John Mayer to the John Mayer show, and I splurge, and I was like, I don't give a fuck how much it costs. We're getting tickets. Um, but I think the honeymoon will be like the third thing that we'll do yeah. with um, with the money from the sale of Chateau Oprah. 100%. So we just got to figure out, you know, where and where how. Where you want to go, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, we talked about possibly going to Europe because I've always wanted to go there. I've never been outside of, like, the – off a cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah. Which you're not really seeing anywhere. It's yeah, like, oh, here's port. the port. Yeah. And then that's it. I've never gone overseas anywhere. And so I'd love to be able to experience that finally. Oh, that is awesome. Same. It's life changing. Yeah. I would love it. Um, so I wanted to dig into a little bit of the conversation we had on the air. But whenever we have these sort of discussion conversations, it's kind of hard because we have to go so fast. And we got to get through it because you're in your car, you're driving, and you don't have time to, like, sit like you do on the podcast. But we talked about Simone Biles mm-hmm. in the Olympian, the gymnastics. I feel like everybody knows the story now yeah. where she basically said, I can't do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't feel right. Because of her mental health. And it was the team gymnastics routine. Or not the routine, but it was part of the team gymnastics where each individual score – adds up to the the total for the team score. And she said, I'm not in a good headspace. I went, I could nap. Things, variables have been on my mind. I can't do it. And so she bowed out because she didn't want to, one, hurt herself doing these very technical, high-in-the-sky routines that they do, that she can do. And then, two, I don't want to bring down the score just because I decided to push through it for the team. yeah. And so then there's been this controversy over the week about what does it mean to quit? Yeah, because keep in mind, there was the back and forth of good for her for knowing her body and knowing her mental health and saying no or versus she's selfish. She let down the team. She disappointed the U.S. Those Ugh. comments. Right. And so then it has gotten to this whole thing where and one of the <clears throat> negative detractor comments, which was it a negative? Right. Was is this teaching children it's okay to quit. And that's when I found this tweet this morning, which, of course, it's not popping up. Oh, I think uh, I can find it. See if you can find it. Because I thought I retweeted it this morning. Oh, actually, I know I retweeted it on the Miguel and Holly one. Um, let's see here. Here we go. You found it? Oh, <clears throat> I found it, too, in case you need it. This is for from uh, Marianne Diaz-Hernandez on Twitter. And this is just a random person that had retweeted her this morning, and then I ran across it. On Twitter, in quotes, she says, she, Simone Biles, giving children the example that quitting is fine. And in quote, 
And then this Twitter user says, yes, quitting is fine. There's no virtue in suffering. Mm. I've quitted every job I've ever had. Quit, by the way. Quit. That bothers me so much. I'm sorry. Oh. I actually did it wrong. Quitted. I've quitted. No, did, I, did I say quitted on the air? Yeah. yeah. I've quitted. Yeah. I've quit every job I've ever had, and I'm doing all right in my field. So I don't know. Whatever, I guess. There's quite a few people quoting or replying to this tweet with attempts to defend the virtue of suffering. And please be warned. There may be things you do that for some reason caused you to suffer and that were virtuous. But the virtue was not in the suffering. I understand that you might have been taught to conflate these two things, but maybe relearn and separate them. It will be good for you. Mm. So we had a discussion on the air about it this morning for a couple of minutes where I said what I'm sort of confused about and what I have not decided if I agree or disagree is there have been so many points in my life when I think about when it was really hard, when it was really tough, when actually I was suffering. My mental health was suffering. But I said, I got to push through. I see the goal. I see the prize. I've got to do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I've never just walked away from a job. I've never just walked away from something. I mean, I guess... Well, yeah. I, I mean, like leaving Island 106 in Panama City, that wasn't, I mean, we resigned no, no, that to take wasn't another quite, that's, position. That's different. We yeah, you took another on. position. Yeah, right. you, you weren't leaving radio. Ladder. Right. And so that's why I'm like, ah, I agree, but then I don't because if I would have lived by this, there were times when I, we've talked about many a times on here, where I was truly like my mental health is suffering. Like I remember back in probably 09, 2010, when we've talked many times through um, with the situation wasn't great between you, Holly, me, and Kramer right. at the time. And I remember we used to do this bit called the Ambient Up Bedtime Stories, mm-hmm. where I used to take the sleeping pill, Ambient. And I would take it, stay up. Holly would record me telling these crazy stories. And it would be a topical bit. Like I remember one time American Idol was coming back and it was like, let's, Miguel's bedtime story about Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, you know? I remember that. Um, and I remember one time as I was editing the audio that Holly had recorded, when you had like left the recorder with me after that, mm-hmm. I was like in the very drugged up ambient state. I was like, oh, my gosh, I hate my life so much. I'm just so tired and I don't want to do this. And when I saw that tweet, I thought about that moment and this is when I was, like, partying a lot. I was working a lot. I had, like, two jobs. And it was just, like, nonstop go, go, go. And I truly was hurting myself. But in that moment, I remember thinking, but this is what you have to do to be successful. Mm. You've got to suffer through. And this is what gives you the nerve and the uh, understanding and the depth and the wisdom to be an adult mm-hmm. and to be able to help people in the future. But I always said, I don't want younger people to go through what I went through and the way we learned radio to go through that. I yeah. want it to be different. Yeah. But if I didn't go through those things, I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. But then what I said this morning on the show was, if I had quit in 2009, because remember, there was that one instance where I was going to quit. It was like right before we found out about that first Tampa job. Yes. And I remember we were at Chick-fil-A, me, you, Kramer, and Mandy. 
And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to renew my contract. Like, maybe I'm going to move back to Atlanta and figure something else out. Yeah. You and said ev- you had a friend at CNN. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, what? And then, like, a couple days later, you talked to someone that said, I think there is a job somewhere in South Florida that's kind of interested in a big market. And I was like, well, maybe this is my sign that I should stay. <sighs> yeah. And then we ended up in Tampa the first time. Yeah. So, anyway, all this to say, do you just quit if the going gets tough? And this is what I'm still sort of on the fence about mm. because if I would have quit, what, where would I be? We don't know. That's the problem. Yeah, you never will know what happens in that next stage. But also, it could have worked out beautifully. You know, you could have just would have been different. It would just, yeah. You know, we said you had like a CNN lineup, whatever it could have been. But it's just, you know, it's just so hard to say like when the going gets tough because. You know, I think there's a difference between the go and get tough. Like, there's tough days, but if you're if it's a tough life, that's when I think you need to switch things up. Because there's definitely days I've had them here where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just it something doesn't feel right. But it's it's moments. It's not every day I walk in and I'm like, I fucking hate this and I can't do this. Because if that was the case, I'd walk out. Like, I right. really would. And I've thought to myself many times, and I only say it for myself. Like, with quitting. Is because I think there are so many times where I, I wish people would quit. And one of my goals in life is hopefully to motivate people to quit that thing that is suffering them and get on the thing that like really treats them the way they should deserve. And I am so passionate about it. And I've talk, talked about it before because I saw my mom go to a job that she suffered through for years. Mm-hmm. My majority of my life was watching that. And I wish that it was more acceptable to quit. I remember so many calls where I'd like call my mom like, quit your fucking job. Like, please do. Please. Like, we will figure it out. You are way too skilled to come back every day. And that's the difference. Every day you come back, you're drained, you're stressed, you still take it home, that stress with you. For me, and I hope I maintain this through the years that are still to come, but there's more to life than just coming home every day and hating the next day. Yeah. Like, that's what I don't want to do. And that's why, you know, I don't know what the next stage for me in life is, whether it's, you know, working in radio, whatever I need to do, but I always want to make sure that I'm doing something that I don't dread waking up and going to do. And I hope I still have the bravery and the courage to walk away if it's not treating me the way I truly think I deserve to be treated. And that was something, you know, I always hear the like the weird stories from other people in radio or and how grateful I am to work with y'all because I hear how people get treated like shit. Mm-hmm. And I, I know myself, like, and I remember, like, you know, some of the top employees, like, and they talk about it. Like, if you treat your employees like shit and they hate their jobs, like, you're going to do the bare minimum. They just won't put in the output. And so when I came on the show and I was like, damn, like, y'all treat me really good. Like, I'm, I'm down to put in all the work I can because I truly love the environment. But yeah. if it wasn't like that, hell yeah, I'd quit. But that's also because I also have faith in myself to be like, I'll figure it out. But I'm not going to go through and just suffer every day. And then what, you get two days on the weekend? Woohoo! Like that, I don't think, you know, in this case, exactly. I don't know what Simone Biles' next next stage is going to be. Obviously, it'll probably still, you know, maybe be something, maybe in speaking or, you know, gymnastics. But oh, in she'll this be moment, fine. she will be fine. Yeah. But- One of my favorite comments was like, all of her accomplishments don't matter now, and she's going to lose all those sponsors. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, no, she's. <laughs> I'll buy. <laughs> but it's wow, like, that's not a hot take. Okay. She's speaking up for the people that have been in that position where it's like, it's so much 
that I need to take a step, like a step back. And also now you're starting to see all the other things that are going on mentally with her with, you know, I just saw somebody talking about something called the twisties where it's like you get vertigo when you twist. Yeah. And if that's, you know, that's the case, she could break her neck. Yeah. It's like you have to think about these things. You know, if you're going to go and like really risk your life or risk suffering through your life, maybe it's time to reevaluate. I am like, it's sad to see how many people just decide to suffer through life instead of really trying to find something that at least gives them a little passion and that's why i always tell people it's like i'm not telling you to quit what your job is but i hope you find something that gives you true passion maybe it's on the side and you work towards something for that but there's just more to life than just getting by there just has to be more and it's cool to see someone actually speaking on it on a very very high stage yes i think what she has done was worth so much more than winning any gold yeah, medal exactly. or bringing glory to the u.s can we stop like it's like you ain't paying her human, checks she worked for this right she is a human who not only is allowed the space to do all of this stuff um but she has made it she has normalized having the conversation in difficult spots because everybody's a mental health advocate like when it's easy If it doesn't inconvenience anyone, you should take time for yourself. The second that someone else is inconvenienced or, you know, uh, has any sort of thing where it may not be great for them, then they're like, get your shit together. Mm. She has normalized pushing through that barrier. Right. And I'm so glad for it. And I wanted to say something else about Scott's one point. You said the older you get, you have the, that someone or you would have the bravery to quit. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think the older we do get, the less braver we do have. Absolutely. Because the, odd, the the stakes are greater. Yeah. And what you have to lose is greater. And more people possibly depend on you. And um, it the odds are truly scarier than when you're young and you're able to... Your brain is just different. Yeah. I mean, Miguel, we talked about that with Simone Biles. Uh, you know, you're... The, your prefrontal cortex doesn't even finish formulating until 25, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. And so you're, it's way easier, and I'm not saying it's easy, but it is easier to take a big major risk and or leap when you're younger because you have the bravery to do it. You, ha- you don't have as much fear. Right, and that's what, uh, to interject real quickly, an interviewer, they were, um, NPR a podcast I was listening to, they had a doctor on that was saying that I think not until you're 26 does it fully mature that you can truly assess risk and yeah. fear. And that's why recently you've seen Simone Biles, who just reached that age, start to go, ooh, some of these twists and turns up in the air kind of scares me. Whereas before, she would just do it, no problem, be like, boom, what you got, bitch? And now she's like, Think if I do this, bit. and if I'm, if I, is there just like a slight miscalculation, I could fall from the air and snap my neck yeah. and be dead. And so that's why, as you get older, because I think about that all the time, how I feel like I used to always say to myself, if something is too bad, you can always bail out and you're done, bye, you can go start over. But then as, like you said, Holly, you there are more people depending upon you and there's more responsibilities. My first thought is always like, well, who's going to pay my mortgage? Who's going to make my car note? Mm-hmm. Who's going to pay my student loans? Yeah. Like how – and so that's why this conversation about quitting makes me nervous because then I can also be self-aware enough to know that I'm coming from a place of fear from growing up poor and not having anything and knowing that – 
one of the reasons why I sacrificed through painful situations because I knew that I didn't want to go back to what it was like feeling like you just don't even know where your next meal is going to come from. Right. And so that's why I've always been like, well, you just better make it happen because do you want to go back to that? So you think you feel bad now? Wait till you have to go back to that. And that's when you didn't even know that you were in a bad spot. You just, that's what was your life, what you were experiencing. But now that you know what the other side is like, do you really want to go back? So just suffer through it. You'll be fine. Because we're always afraid. Like, we'd rather suffer through the fear that we do know than the fear that we don't know. Right. Absolutely. But then again, you know, I watch a lot of these TikToks that are all about manifesting and, um, you know, putting your own spirit and energy out into the universe and being one with the universe. And it's like the message is basically you can do anything. Right. And if you think about it, like how did we ever get to the point where we were in Panama City? Mm. Because we just did it. And so we can do anything. But the problem is the fear. And I think ego is involved too Mm -hmm. because ego and fear kind of work together where they're like, I don't know. And, you know, it's not coming from a, uh, a malicious place. It's coming from your own mind trying to keep you safe. It's trying to protect you, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So, oh man, I don't know. And let me let me just kind of take this even one step further, if mm. I may. Is okay. So my daughter is seven. She is a few weeks away from being eight, and she has not stuck with any extracurricular activities thus far. Like she was in dance. Not really her fault, but the studio closed. And then I was like, you want me to find a new one? She's like, nah. So then we didn't. And then she did, like, a little cheer squad at her school. And after one season, she's like, I'm not doing that again. I was like, all right, whatever. It's fine. And then uh, she did volleyball, beach volleyball, which she was kind of into. But I was like, you want to do it for another month? And she was like, ah, it's hot. I'm like, (laughs) all right. So we've done that. And then, um, but she's been pretty consistent with this tumble, like gymnastics. It's like gymnastics, it's tumble. Um, And so she's always had issues with it where, you know, she, I see her when she's in there. And for the most part, it looks like she's enjoying herself. Sometimes I worry because I'm like, is somebody watching? Because it looks like she's not doing it right and she could snap her neck. Like, Mm. that's the thing, by the way, side note about gymnastics and tumble and stuff. If you do it wrong, you can injure yourself pretty badly. Yeah. So I'm like watching her and I'm like, oh, my God, watch your neck. Because when she does her little back bend things, I'm like, she sometimes will just fall right down on her head. I'm like. Uh, so I'm like, you got to really work at this because you can't. Ha- I didn't say half ass. Yeah, I'm like, you can't go halfway. Um, and so some most nights we have an argument. She's like, I don't feel like going to tumble today. And I'm like, you have to go to tumble because a, I'm paying for it, <laughs> and b, like, well, this is what we signed up for. Yeah. This is your um, fitness. This is your activity. This is what you do. And once we get there, like, she's typically okay, but it's. It's becoming apparent that I'm not sure she's going to be in it for the long haul. I asked her if she wanted to do, like, the place she goes to also does some cheer. And I'm like, do you want to do do cheer? Which, by the way, is a major time and money commitment mm-hmm. for not just her but me. Uh-huh. And I'm, like, building that into my schedule. And so I'm like, do you want to do this? She's like, yeah, I guess. I'm like, no, I don't need – I get, like, do you want to do it? Because if you don't want to do it, every practice is going to be me dragging you. And I'm like, do I let her quit this too? I'm wondering if, and I just like to preface it, not a parent, not a child psychologist, I don't know, but as a person who can now look back at his life 
and see that I was one of the lucky kids that immediately knew what I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to do entertainment. I wanted to be in the drama club. I wanted to do the yearbook. I wanted to do something in that realm. So I was very lucky. But what I wish as an adult that I would have been made to do sports up until like middle school. Mm. And then my mom said, she could have said, what do you want to do? Sports or drama, student council, stuff like that. Yeah. And I clearly would have been like, girl, put me right on over to the drama club. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't trying to play no football or anything like that. Come on over. But because I didn't have that and no one ever made me do it, I have like no self-awareness of my body. Like eight years of CrossFit later, I and if there's a new move that I'm having to learn, I'm like, what is my arm? <laughs> What is my leg? I don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, so I wish I would have done it to sort of teach me about sportsmanship, camaraderie, those sort of things. So I wonder if the lesson is like, all right, I'm not making her do something she doesn't want to do. I'm making her try a lot of things. Right. And so then once she gets to middle school or high school or, you know, whatever. She's more of a, a under, not a child. Right. Where you can, you know, understand and or make of kid. like, you need to do an activity. Like that, no question. You got to do something. Right. So I think possibly that the lesson is you can quit, but quit until you know and you can tell me why you want to quit. Yeah. Not just, I don't want to do it. Well, yeah. But, like, why? Yeah. Is it just because it's too hard? Are you just tired? You don't feel like right. going? Are you feeling lazy right now? Because, like, life is hard. Everything, waking up and breathing is hard. Honestly, life is suffering. That's how we even learn anything as humans. Absolutely. We learn nothing from the joyous moments of life. They are delightful, and we couldn't, you know, have the suffering without them. Mm-hmm. But it's where we suffer that's where we learn our deepest lessons and more about who we are as people so that's another addition to like is some suffering good you can't avoid suffering no in life like avoiding suffering altogether you're just you're saying you're not a human right and here's the thing of, of what i've learned in life at 35 years old is that nothing you do maybe outside of sex and even then it's a little rough at the beginning most things you do when you start it are never what you think it's going to be. Job, partner, whatever. Yeah. It's And you have to sort of get over that hump Yeah, and know that it's going to be better. But maybe the lesson is, let's get through this first round season or whatever it is, and you can try it. Let's have a discussion, and then you're teaching her how to assess her emotions yeah. and to say, all right, so let's walk through what you liked about it what you didn't like about it. Yeah. And then let's come to an educated, uh, well understanding of our bodies and of our emotions, of why you like it, why you don't. Right. And then let's decide if there's something else that's better. So then by the time she gets to middle school, she can say, you know what? I don't like sports. I want to be on the debate team because I like to reason and argue. Oh, girl, you know? stand out the way. If there is a debate team and my child decides that she wants to do it, she will slay you. Right. And that so would be great. I think that would be so awesome to teach kids how to understand because I I think it was your friend Aaron that messaged um, when I retweeted that earlier this morning. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her exact tweet, but it was something like, uh, I, I don't want to misquote her. Uh, let me just scroll down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it basically was saying that, like, yes, you want to. And, of course, my tweet deck doesn't go down that far. Oh, no. Um, oh, it's on your Twitter. Yeah, she tweeted. Can you find her Twitter and yeah. see if you can read it? Um, 
because I think we have to learn how to fully understand when we need to quit something. Because yes. there are situations and relationships that I should have quit, that I knew I should have quit. Mm. But I was like, well, maybe it'll get better. That's the that's the biggest issue that we haven't gotten to yet. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Knowing when to quit. Right. Uh, I have a friend. Oh, but let me read Aaron's thing first. Mm-hmm. Um, she said... I think more people should quit things. The job, the marriage, whatever. There's a time to go for it and a time to let it go. Mm. Which is super wise, I think. I'm going to give that a like. But I think <laughs> learning the process and not just quitting when the first thing is hard. Yeah, you, that's the problem is that there is no one way to say, here's when you need to yeah. go for it and here's when you need to quit. Well, everyone I has think a different threshold. Yes, everyone does have a different threshold because... Uh, it, it's so it's case by case basis. And what I was going to say is um, with relationships, especially mm. we're we our society has been b- built on the foundation of we are monogamous. You will find uh, a partner. You will marry them. And the goal is to stay together for the rest of your life. Good luck. Mm. And then if and there's still a stigma and it's a lot better, obviously, nowadays about getting divorced. But there is still a bit of a stigma where it's like, oh, that's a shame you couldn't work it out. Right, right. But how do you know? And, like, I think it just takes some trial and error, knowing yourself and knowing when it's time to throw in the towel, but not throwing in the towel too early. And so I'm wondering if having your daughter go through these exercises with Tumble, so whenever the season or the classes are over with and you sit down and you, you know, you obviously are much better at, talking in eight eight-year-old language oh she, <laughs> listen you keep saying like i will have a conversation with her when she's old enough you have no idea like we have she like she said the word she was like oh there's some dirt in this crevice over here oh like, so if you want to just have a straight on conversation like she's ready anytime okay i listen i've always said when i can talk to her and because i just i this is why i always have problems with kids because i'm like I don't speak in kid language. I don't know. I'm going to use, like, oh some words, God. and they're going to look at me with a blank stare and be That's like. How I feel with well, hugging. the thing is, she'll ask you what it means. Like, she asked me what um, ironic meant the other day. Ironic. And that's a tough one to explain to yeah. a kid, because how do you explain irony? Because, I mean, most people ironic. get it wrong anyway, so. Right. But I wouldn't know how to explain how to. How I struggled. I was like, well, it's kind of like if you, if I got you a bunch of clips for your long hair for your birthday, and on, on your birthday, you chopped all your hair off and couldn't use the clips. Then I had all these clips. That's kind of ironic. I'm like, wait, uh, is that even irony? Uh, and then I'm like, you know what? Let me look it up. Then she's like, okay, uh, what does pathetic mean? I'm like, oh lord. Well, it's right. kind of it's kind of sad, uh, but like, like not, in his 20s. not a good thing. <laughs> wow. Kind of like depressing. And she asks very deep questions. Right. So she, her her curiosity factor is there. Is high, and her 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 vocabulary oh. is high. That's why I'm. I'm a little nervous that she's older mentally than she is physically. Mm. And that worries me because I don't, I'm not ready. Like, I don't know how to parent that. So I'm going to research that. Yeah. But that's why I'm curious on if, you know, when she gets to, uh, what grade is she going into this year? Third. Third grade. Oh, that, man. You know, if they have a yearbook or something that it's not physical, but it more so is her mind, mm. if there's something that, you know, she could just try. Yeah. And just to see if this is something that she would want to do. I don't know. I think third grade might be too early for 
some of that stuff. I mean, it, I'm sure it, if they do offer something, it's, you know, for that realm. It's yeah. not like let's, you know, write a thesis on, <laughs> you know, why should we why should we have six chicken nuggets instead of five at lunch for the third graders? Good question. Right? But something like that. Yeah. But I think that this whole exercise will help her understand how to do that sort of risk assessment. Or not yeah. the risk assessment, but the pros and cons and how to bail out of something when you truly just don't want to do it because you're like, you know what? Fuck this. This is not helping this me. This is not me. This is not serving me. Yeah. This is not helping me. Yeah. So why am I doing it? That's such a tough place to be at, too. I have a friend who is on the brink of divorce, and she's been reaching out for some advice or just comfort, you know, in general, and she's like, I, I can't bring myself to say it because I don't want to hurt this person. I, I, I don't dislike this person, but I, I, I don't want to be with them, mm. you know. And I'm like, oh, I know. And, and she's like, I don't want to be the asshole. And I'm like, well, you're gonna have to hurt the other person. Sometimes you got to be the asshole. There's not a way to do this without hurting the other person. But I said, but you also have to let uh, your partner be in charge of their own emotional process. You know, I said, we can't assume to be everyone's protector because that's not our job. It's true. And I do think that, like, sometimes when you know, you know. Like, when it's time for you... You can do a lot of convincing yourself it's not, though. Right. Because she had, like, a some therapy appointment, and I'm like, are, are you gonna, she's like, I think I'm going to do this, you know, at the therapy appointment. And then uh, later on texted and was like, well, we're going to give some such and such a test a try. Mm. And I'm like, oh. And she's like, well, I just, I mean, I just, I can't not try. And I'm like, mm. I've witnessed this relationship, and there this has been nothing but trying. Mm. But sometimes it's hard for us to lock on to the fact that we got to do a hard thing. Right. It's tough. Mm. So maybe that has to do with quitting, too. Sometimes it's hard for us to lock on to the fact that we're about to do a hard thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the pressure that Simone Biles must have felt to say, I'm going to pull the plug? Yeah, it's not easy to just be on the world stage. I'm going to just stop. You know everyone's going to say something. Oh, my God. Millions and millions of people are going to say something. Everyone is going to be mad. Your country is going to be mad at you. I mean, thankfully, I I do feel like the majority, it may be like 60-40, but the majority had her back. But there's another good chunk of the nation that Mm. will hate you. And Uh, People just like to spew a lot of hate right now. And this was an easy target for them. Yeah. So sometimes quitting means doing the hard thing. This is much harder than a somersault. You got to be selfish. Yeah, is you got to be selfish. Is yes, it selfish. Do you but think I'm what not she using it. Selfish? Yes, and I'm not saying selfish in a, a negative thing. term. I'm mm-hmm. saying that we yeah, can't yeah. always be selfless. Oh, that's yeah, a, don't correct. get me started on that because oh, people boy. love to put that label on mothers. Right. Oh She's my so God, selfless. used to be selfless. No. You got to be fucking selfish. Yeah. You have to be. Maybe we need to take the negative connotation off of that word so we can use it Correct. in other aspects. Yeah. Absolutely. Aspe- aspects. Aspects. You, you want some aspects, Garrett? Sounds like a pill. <laughs> I love this. This is a good conversation. I love exploring these sort of topics and trying to, because there's never a right or wrong answer. No. And it's all, you know what? There's a lot of gray. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so and I much. Wish all of this is gray. More people understood that we basically live in a gray area. There's just no black and white for the most part. Like, 
maybe on a like a very few things there's a black and white, but for the most part, most stuff is gray. Yeah. Right. And and what I do want to say too, because I saw this tweet earlier and I didn't even respond to it because I'm like, I just don't feel like typing out a whole bunch of stuff and going back and forth. But someone was like, well, I, I understand where she's coming from, but, which that means you don't understand where she's coming from because you wouldn't say that and then put a but. You wouldn't say but. Exactly. Um, They were like, well, I just wish she wouldn't have gone to the Olympics if she knew that. Oh, I, I replied to that. Did you? Yeah. What'd you say? The tweet was, I just wish she would have stepped down before going to Tokyo so another gymnast would have had the chance to compete. I replied, she didn't know she couldn't compete until she started. It is not for anyone to decide when it would have mm, been convenient. Convenient to have yes. some mental health issues Not to happening. mention, there are other people. Like, what do you think? Some random person from Alabama who's never been on an Olympic team is going to be like, put me in, coach. No. Right, right. Like, you have had to have trained for years for this. And someone did take her place. Did they have a little bit of a scramble to figure out who it would be? Yes. But someone did take her place and went on to win the gold, by the way. So that's why I just, when we say mental health, these are the tough conversations. Yeah. We can all say, ooh, let's do a little run or a walk a for walk, mental health. Yeah. yeah, mental health. Or if, you know, a celebrity commits suicide and we're like, well, we should reach out and we should talk. Those are all great. <sighs> but this is the tough part. This is where you do the work when it comes to mental health. You're catching it before all of that. Like, you, you want to stop that stuff happening. You know, I love when you talk about that, Miguel, when you're like, you know, we always come together when someone commits suicide, but what could, what we, if, have done? What could we have done? It's like, this is that moment. This we don't know what what's going doing. on in her head. Right. If she fails in front of the nation, like, I always talk about this one when I'm watching the Olympics. Like, I don't know what other countries do, but I do know, like, the pressure that those, you know, the athletes face. And, like, if you fail on the big stage, going back to your, your area could be probably the worst time of your life because, yeah, whatever they look at you as, whatever they do to you as, like... To even, like, have that considered, the whole nation's going to shun you if you don't do well. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that pressure's like. I get nervous just being in the room right now. Yeah. Right. But imagine that. And this to have someone step down when it's like, you know what, I don't feel right. I know this is for me. And then you're still going to shun her? Like, who knows what that would have looked like if you pushed through, she fails, and then con- uh, this many people still are disappointed because she failed mm-hmm. on the opposite effect. It's just. And so, like, mm-hmm. let's just walk through that real quick before we close out. Let's say she did it. She pushed She pushed through. She did that, it. Yeah. And let's say she did it and she got gold. Okay. And the whole world, the whole U.S., yes, yeah, Simone Biles, she the goat, she the goat, she the goat. But she never sat and worked through the issues because we haven't mentioned, too, not only we're talking about the physical aspect and being tired and being there and the pressure, but she also has been testifying against a coach that molested her yeah. and, and hundreds of other, other girls yeah. this whole time. And she got up in court and said, you did it. She held that on her shoulders. She's still working for a system that let that happen to her. Mm. So she's dealing with that. So who knows what little voices are in her head. And let's say she won the gold and we're cheering her on and she's on the box of Wheaties and where she's doing the parade around Good Morning America and everything. We and then two months fine. from now, she fucking commits suicide. And then, you know, we say, oh, my God, we put so much pressure on she her. Said something. I wish she would have spoken up. I w- Somebody should have reached out to her. She's reaching out. Yeah. Scott, what's your social media? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. T-T-T! I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> Holly. <laughs> 
Radio Holly on Instagram. That's my main one. And TikTok and Twitter. I am on all of those. Just find me, Miguel Fuller. Thank you so much for listening. You can also watch this happen and go down on the Miguel and Holly YouTube channel. If you are listening on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and a review, please. It really helps us. And, of course, if you want some Miguel and Holly stickers for being in the platypus posse, you can always shoot me an email with your name and address, miguel at hot1015tampabay.com. We'll see you next week.